The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. April 16th, 2019, and you are tuned into an all-new edition of HTM Sports Today, broadcasting from the Conspiracy Horseman Twitch account rather than ours because, well, the Conspiracy Horsemen have a lot more viewers. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. Unfortunately, no Huckleberry number one today, but I do have a very suitable replacement. Please help me in joining to the show, ladies and gentlemen, on loan from the Conspiracy Horseman. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. BWO himself, Big Stevie Cool, Mr. Stevie Richard Stevie, welcome to your show. Oh, it's your show. Thank you for having me on it. And uh, anytime I get a chance to talk sports or anything outside of uh, Vince McMahon changing the names of wrestlers that got themselves over, I, I am, I'm very, very excited about that. I'm very excited to hear yourself and Mr. Bin Hameen on the, the Raw and SmackDown review on the brand over at Vince Russo's brand. And then Friday at hackerhameen.podbean.com in the locker room. It will uh, be entertaining, I'm quite sure. Yeah, well, I'm really excited when uh, the Raw SmackDown review comes up and then when we end up doing the Friday locker room because that means I don't have to watch wrestling for at least two to three days. And it's a very, very exciting time in my life. See, I feel that way, too, but we do the Monday locker room, so I get out of watching Raw and SmackDown. You see how that works? Well, what do you cover? Well, we cover everything, man. We cover Ring of Honor. We cover New Japan, NXT, of course, WWE, as little as we possibly can. We've got all the international flavors. So you basically, what you do is, if you're a smart worker, you will watch all of the wrestling reality highlight videos on YouTube and cut it down to just about maybe two hours total, where I get that benefit on a Monday, then Tuesday I, I am subjected to the full the full gas chamber treatment. Typically what I do is I just look at the next pay-per-view and whatever is on the next pay-per-view card, and those are the only segments I pay any attention to. All you got to do is just, I swear to God, if I, if I missed, I told the bin before, if we, we missed an entire week of wrestling, we could probably guess exactly what happened because it'll be the same exact thing the week before and it'll be the same exact week, uh, the, the week after that's what makes no offense. I've wrestled for over 28 years. I'm allowed to say it. That's what makes real competitive sports exciting. <laughs> when you, you talk about a fake sport and they can't even make it entertaining or make sense. That's that's when I start to lean towards stuff like the NFL and stuff like that. Well, I know you're a big NFL guy. Are there any other sports that you follow very closely at all? Uh, you, yeah, I follow UFC because I was coaching Colby, Colby Covington for a time. But that's getting a little bit muddy, too, because no one's really standing out as the as the the flag bearer like Connor was or Ronda Rousey, um, which could be exciting because guys are trying to get themselves over. So it's an interesting way to see how. Uh, these fighters market themselves. But no, I mean, NFL, in my opinion, has totally replaced baseball as being America's pastime. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that. We do have a little bit of NFL news today. But of course, you know, I don't watch any golf and and you don't necessarily sound like you watch any golf. So let's start with the Masters because, you know, that's what we do here is water cooler talk. Tiger Woods wins his 15th major. And Stevie, I was really intrigued when I found out that you were going to co-host today because I wanted to get your opinion on this. Tiger Woods now, he's no spring chicken. He He's 43 years old. He's had two back surgeries. He's had a fusion surgery. He's had multiple knee surgeries. He's had a neck injury. You obviously do a lot with Stevie Richards fitness and a a lot of it is resistance band training, stretching At, at this point in his career. Can Tiger Woods actually make this a run or is this going to be a flash in the pan thing? Not exactly sure. See, for for a time, and I know the space between the last tournament that he won and this one is, are we talking like a decade minimum? This is like right around the the trouble he had with the wife and her beating with the golf club and the cars and the DUIs. And I mean, you want to talk about like a redemption story. This is truly that he's more popular than he's ever been before because the, the societal viewpoint or perspective on athletes or anybody in entertainment or people in general is, you know, we don't, we don't want you to do better than we hate you for doing better than us the first time around. But then when you're way, way down hitting rock bottom, we want to cheer you up because we feel like we, we created you. So now everybody's on board with tiger. He's more popular than ever. He may be richer than ever, have more endorsements than ever, but on the, on the physical fitness and health side, I mean, when you're looking at what mainly his lower back was, was wrecked and that's what cost him a lot. He actually had a fusion surgery between, I believe it was L5 and S1. And as a golfer, the amount of twisting and bending and hip thrust, I can't imagine. I, I heard a report yesterday that he has to stretch for three hours to get his body into physical competing shape for a tournament like the Masters every day before the round. Well, here's a here's a question. Do they drug test for golf? And I'm not trying to be facetious or funny about it because I believe maybe at his age, some like TRT or stem cell therapy could probably help him out a great deal. That's a great question. I don't really know. I would assume that they have to have some sort of drug testing policy with it being a global organization like the PGA. But with the fusion surgery and the, and the lack of spinal uh, fluid or mobility or any of the other stuff, he'd still have to stretch and he'd still have to work out and take care of himself. And God knows, God knows he has a lot of money, so he could probably hire a ton of trainers to, to help him out. But, you know, you have to look at his diet. He'd have to look at the, the diet to see if there's any inflammatory foods and stuff like that. And obviously, he'd have to stop drinking, which I think he probably did for other reasons. Oh, we hope. Uh, yeah, you hope so. I mean, I mean, that could be that could also stunt any kind of healing or recovery or mobility or any anything, even just lack of rest. I mean, I know when I I just drove a half hour to Canton, Canton, Georgia to wrestle, it was quite an easy match. But just being in the car, being on a hard locker room chair, sitting there waiting for my match, not quite getting warmed up, getting out there and moving around, then hopping right back in the car without doing my half hour yoga or stretching, get home, go right to bed after a shower, wake up the next morning. I feel like I've been hit by a truck. So he could, he could suffer that too. Even staying in the nicest hotels or uh, renting the limousines, there's still the same seats and beds that you're, that aren't yours that are uncomfortable. So, you know, that kind of stuff wears on you and being on the road. Now he's probably going to take on a full schedule. Who knows? I would, I would definitely, if I were him and I'm not 
it, it's like cannabis now. You know, I'm not, I've never done a drug in my life. I've never smoked pot or anything, but if there's a beneficial drug out there or treatment like TRT or even the stem cell therapy, and it can really help you get back to optimal form, it's not enhancing, it's not steroids or growth hormone. It's just replacing the testosterone so you can, your body can repair cellularly and you, you can grow some muscle. I guess the best news for Tiger Woods, the next major coming up is going to be at Pebble Beach. That is the his first major, actually, and he won that by 15 strokes. So he's very familiar with the course. He's got three majors to go to actually catch Jack Nicholas. So that will absolutely be a story to follow over the course of the rest of this year. So that's the first that's the first one he won in his career. No, it's it's the Pebble Beach is the first major that he won years and years. So and they years like ago. booked it like wrestling, where he's going back to 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 to, to catch Jack Nicholas at the front. Oh my God, you can't even can't even write that. It's real storybook kind of stuff. Absolutely. Let's uh let let's talk about another storybook. Well, at least it kind of looked that way, and it turned into a horror novel. And that is Magic Johnson when he was in charge of my beloved Los Angeles Lakers. Magic steps down the other day during a press conference. After the final game of the season, he just kind of gathers all the press together and he says, listen, our head coach doesn't know this yet, and our owner, Jeannie Buss, she doesn't know this yet, but I'm just not happy being the president of the Los Angeles Lakers, a brand that I helped you know, build all those years ago. I'm just going to quit now. I want to go back to being Magic. I want to be happy. So Magic steps down as the president. A couple days later, Luke Walton is rushed out the door. 12 hours later, he signs with the Sacramento Kings. Congratulations, Sacramento. You got yourself one hell of a coach. Stevie, do you follow much NBA at all at this point? I, I follow that because obviously when you have LeVar Ball, it's going to cross over from sports to entertainment. I do watch all the talking head shows. I watch Undisputed. I watch First Things First. I watch ESPN First Take. So I do know these stories in particular. This story is just a train wreck. The Lakers themselves have kind of become a train wreck. And you have a Lakers shirt on right now, so you must be a fan. I'm a big fan of my beloved Lakers. Many, many years ago, my my oldest daughter got me back into watching basketball. She All she wanted to do was watch basketball when she would go to bed. Being in the central time zone, that was about the same time as Lakers tip-off, so we got to watching all kinds of Lakers games and just kind of happened organically, fell back into it. Good. So how's how do you feel about this whole thing that's going on? Well, number one, I didn't want LeBron James to be a Laker to begin with because I could see this coming. I could see it coming a mile away. And now the Lakers are at a bit of a crossroads because we have Rob Palenka as our general manager, who's Kobe Bryant's best friend, used to be his agent, and he has Jeannie Buss's ear. But then we also have LeBron James, and LeBron James is used to being, you know, the, the president, the executive vice president, the manager, the head coach, and that's just not the way that the Laker brand has ever worked. So I knew that this was going to be a match made in hell, and it has not disappointed whatsoever, especially with the trade deadline fiasco. I just, I don't know who would want this job other than somebody like a Kobe Bryant somebody that's inside the family, because this seems like a miserable job to me. You're trying to re bring back one of the most storied franchises of all of sports, and it's just a train wreck. Well, this is going to be, it's got to go one way or the other. Now, you, you they were going to do a major trade that got publicized that all the young guys, they lost the young guys in the locker room. 
completely lost them. They're gone. So they should have traded them or they, they should all trade them in off season because they need to do a complete reset. The LeBron thing is actually, yeah, it's probably the worst basketball move that you could ever make from a brand standpoint, from PR, from marketing. Yeah, it, it made sense at the time. But guess what? The Los Angeles Lakers are basically that's that's like his PR marketing agency. That's all it is to LeBron to push his brand so he can be in LA and live there. I think the basketball actually comes down to like third or fourth on the list of importance for him. But LeBron needs, you need, you need complete yes, men. You need to hire the people that are backstage at WWE to go work in the Lakers front office because LeBron needs to run it from beginning to end. Cause if Kobe goes in there, you think Kobe's going to take shit from LeBron? Well, see, and I think that's the intriguing thing. LeBron James does not have a trade clause in his contract. If you give Kobe Bryant the authority to hang over LeBron James, oh, so there's head, a no then, trade. The no trade clause is not there. There's not a trade clause in the contract. The Lakers could trade him to the Clippers tomorrow, and I think you need a president that is going to go in there. <clears throat> excuse me. That has LeBron James's respect and has a little bit of authority over LeBron James and that's a pretty short list of people. Yeah, I th- I think that would actually I mean that would cement Kobe as a, as the general manager as somebody who says I'm trading LeBron, how many picks and how many players can you get for LeBron? And how would you that would be the only way you would regain the locker room with the young guys instead of completely doing a fire sale on those guys and having to start all over again and rebuild for what, three to five years and hope you get the lottery every year? Yep. Do the same thing that Boston did a couple of years ago when they basically traded all of their big three away, got a whole bunch of draft picks. And well, you see where Boston is now. Well, you know what I would do too? I would uh I would I would trade LeBron. Uh, maybe even to Boston and bring Kyrie and say, and what a shot in his, in, in, like a punch in his face to say, I want Kyrie Irving over LeBron James because you know that has a lot of, a lot of story behind it too. The other thing that would be interesting if they brought Kobe in, Kobe could finally overtake Magic. Because right now, the Lakers, when you think of the Lakers inside of Los Angeles, it's always going to be Magic's team. This would actually elevate Kobe Bryant over Magic Johnson, and this would be the last thing that he really could do. Do you think that's the only reason that Magic Johnson took the job? Because he thought he was going to be the figurehead, because he thought he was still going to be the goodwill ambassador. And then when he got locked in his office for 14 hours a day to actually look at analytics and do all this stuff, he said, I didn't want an office job. I just wanted to be the guy who did press conference, did everything but sit at this desk, take these phone calls, wheel and deal, where Kobe, I think, his 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 basketball IQ with that in regard, like Kobe loves power. Kobe wants another Philly boy. I know what it feels like. <laughs> he has a chip on his shoulder. He wants power. And also, you know who else he wants to show up? Deep down, he wants to uh, he wants to one-up Shaq. He still has that in him. Yep. There, there's the Shaq connection. There's the Magic Johnson connection. And let's face it, Kobe and LeBron never liked each other to be good with. Let's, uh, let's talk about a couple other guys that both Kobe and LeBron got along with. And I'd start things off with Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade walking away, retiring at the end of this season. Stevie, did you have a chance to see the Budweiser commercial that they put out for Dwayne Wade? This Bud's for three? I did not. But this is a tearjerker, man. Um, 
throughout the course of this season, Dwayne Wade has been exchanging jerseys with whoever the most popular player is on another team. And Budweiser thought, let's bring in five people from the Miami community who Dwayne Wade may or may not know and have them give Dwayne Wade a jersey representing something from their personal belief. And they are getting into people like from the Parkland shooting, people that Dwayne Wade helped pay a scholarship for so they could go through college. Just this incredible tear-jerking commercial. Dwayne Wade has been a staple not only of the NBA, but a cornerstone of that Miami community for quite a while. And now we're seeing it in Dallas as well as Dirk Nowitzki is walking away. This this kind of generation that we came up with watching the NBA, the generation after Michael Jordan, is starting to leave. And I'm curious where their place in history is really going to fall. I think they were the last generation that was – great for love of the game rather than these enormous salaries and guaranteed contracts and all this stuff. These are the, no doubt they got, they got a piece of that, but they were the last, they were the, the bridge from when they were really basketball players who are trying to make a name for themselves. And now it's kind of like that. That's what sports and even entertainment with WWE and NXT to get paid to go to wrestling school, to get paid, to do all this stuff. I, I think that the, the athletes today outside of a few, are a little less hungry than people like Wade, than people like uh, Dirk Nowitzki. And also the whole thing with uh, people staying with a team almost throughout their whole career is, is a thing of the distant past. And Wade was kind of, to a degree, you know, he could have went to L.A. I know LeBron wanted, the, LeBron wanted him in Cleveland. LeBron wanted him in, at the Lakers. And he was very, very um, adamant about staying in that community, right? Yeah, he did leave Miami briefly, and he realized that he didn't like it outside of beautiful southern Florida, and he got back there as fast as he possibly could. Yeah, I mean, I just just a testament of that because <clears> – <throat> excuse me now. I should use the cough button on my $600 Rodecaster Pro. Uh, the thing with that is – it's in football. That's why Antonio Brown on another subject has made a, I think he's made the biggest mistake of his life because Pittsburgh, Chicago, maybe even Philadelphia to a certain extent and South beach, you have a lifetime income after you're done playing. If you choose to have it, that's appearances, commercials, endorsements. Uh, you're a hero. you never have to pay for food. You know, you know, there's all sorts of perks that's look at I mean Steve McMichaels from the 85 Bears is still living that life. All those guys out there in Chicago. That's what I feel like Dwayne Wade gets. He loves that area, but he also knows this is where my bread's gonna be buttered for the rest of my life. And of course he's married to Gabrielle Union, who looks great laying on a beach in South Beach. I let's just talk sports. We don't have to get in there. Russo's not here. Russo would be all erect over that, probably. It's interesting that you bring up the team thing because that's a, a perfect segue to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant now, we're, we're hearing reports. You brought up Kyrie earlier. There's reports now that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are kind of eyeing a move to the New York Knicks to, to go into Madison Square Garden and bring back that historic franchise, which is actually a bigger dumpster fire than the Lakers, whether you believe it or not. But 
I look at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant already has two technicals inside of the playoffs this year, seven, and you're suspended for a playoff game. His attitude has went absolutely to hell. We have Kyrie Irving, who, even though he went to Duke, is dumber than a box of rocks because he's all into the flat earth thing. And I'm, I'm looking at these two guys, and I'm thinking about the New York media market. This sounds like a match made in hell to me. Well, I mean, the whole Kyrie Irving thing has been one of the conspiracy horsemen. I, I will never judge anybody for thinking things through, trying to research whatever they want to believe is what they want to believe. I think he made a mistake. I mean, Shaq did it too. Yeah. And Shaq said he's a 33 degree Mason wearing the ring on TV. So there, there's a little bit more to that even. But um, the thing with Duran, I, I don't know, is he trying to get himself kicked out of uh, kicked out of the Golden State Warriors? He's trying to get traded. Is he trying to get run out of town? It's funny because there's so many people that consider Kevin Durant now the best player in the world, that he has actually passed LeBron as LeBron has dropped off a little bit. And yet I feel like he's the third best player on the Golden State Warriors, and that's the chip that Kevin Durant is playing with on his shoulder. Like, never mind that I'm playing on the best team in the world, the fact that we're going to go win our third championship, the fact that I'll probably win the finals MVP for the third year in a row – I want to go to the New York Knicks? Really? What's going on there, too, is, you know, it's why these teams always break up when ego's involved. But, you know, the Kobe Shaq thing, we were talking about it a few minutes ago. Now this, it's not good enough that you'll get finals MVP, possibly for a third year in a row. It's not good enough that you'll get a ring (laughs) for however many years in a row or how many more in the future. You want to be known as you rather be like I think LeBron to his to an extent doesn't want other stars that aren't his best friends obviously on the team because they'll all back off and defer to him as the number one guy. That's what's going to be the disaster. You got Kyrie strong willed. That's why he didn't get along with LeBron. And then you have obviously Kevin Durant. The thing with Kevin Durant though is like you know he's being very thin skinned, you know, with Beverly and everything that happened in that game one. Now here's a question. If he gets a certain amount of technicals, he's disqualified and suspended for the entire playoff run, even if they go to the finals. Correct. Well, my understanding is it's at seven games, you're suspended for a game. And then it's every two technicals thereafter, the suspension just goes up per suspension. So yeah, there's a very real possibility that that could happen. Well, he's gone. I, I, I don't even know, like even when he got ejected from the game, I know Beverly was probably that, that was his job. Get him out of the game. Cause yeah. they were ahead by how many points it was like one twelve to 95 when he got, when he got kicked out of the game mm-hmm. and then they came back and beat them. Yep. That was that. That I believe was a strategic thing because Beverly is a good player, but he's by no means they could they could get by without him. He's like basically the goon on on a basketball team. He's the Dennis Rodman of the team. That's what Rodman used to do back in the day. He he was an irritant. Well, Kevin Durant should realize that the real f u to Beverly and what he does is shooting it in his face, making it, backing up and ignoring him, and then walking off the court with a win. But, you know, but that kind of demeanor, you spent time up in that territory is 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 that kind of demeanor going to work in a New York City media market? I ju- it just seems to me like the New York press would eat that alive. Well, they're going to love them until until they lose. 
winning solves everything. That's why Antonio Brown was so popular in, in Pittsburgh. No matter what he did, we will tolerate him. You think there's guys like Michael Rappaport. You got Charles Oakley. You got guys that are probably – he may fit in better than anybody else in the New York Knicks. And now the owner and his friggin' expensive parking across the street where he charges everybody, including the basketball players. I want <laughs> – <laughs> and someone asked me if I was going to, you know, I got it. There was feelers about me working uh pot. Yeah. You know, this was a while ago about the garden show that, you know, for, for when the, 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 the two ND promotions did it out there. And I said, no, I'm not paying for the parking. It's <laughs> <laughs> my answer. I'm That's not paying. Tremendous. I have such, a, I mean, I have such a heat with that parking and it was $40 back when I was in WWE. Oh so I can't God. imagine how much the parking is now. Absolutely ridiculous. Here's a guy who, whose ego has gotten out of control and can now absolutely afford to pay for parking in New York, although it seems as though he's going to stay in Seattle. Let's shift to the NFL. Stevie's expertise here. Russell Wilson making the news of the day. Four years, $140 million contract extension, $65 million signing bonus, $35 million a year through 2023. Stevie, as somebody who doesn't like the Seattle Seahawks, this tickles me deeply because this franchise is done paying Russell Wilson this kind of money. I, I kind of have to agree with that because, uh, you know, as good as he is and as much as he makes plays happen, he's literally running for his life every play and, and he's going to eventually get caught. He's going to eventually get slowed down. There's going to be something that's going to happen to him. I can't believe because I had all these things I was going to record something yesterday because like this is a good time to start recording the football podcast and that's when we got connected because I really wanted to do that. I just I had just in my mind that there's no way they're going to do it. They're going to trade him away to New York for Eli because all these are going to get out of him is a year there. Seattle can draft a quarterback or try to do whatever next year, kick the can down the road, and then New York can deal with Russell Wilson because that's where his wife wants to be anyway. That's really what – it wasn't about the guaranteed money making more than Aaron Rodgers. This was really a play by his wife to see if they can get out and go to New York. I'm convinced of that. I, I'm absolutely convinced of that as well. You know, because when Russell Wilson was coming up, of course, he played college ball at the University of Wisconsin. And he was this humble kid who just kept his head down and he worked hard and he liked playing baseball and he liked playing football and he was super athletic and he was undersized. He was a true white meat baby face inside the world of the NFL. And then he married Sierra and talk about a heel turn. This guy has turned into quite the little diva over the course of the last oh, that couple video of years. Is brutal. That video when they announced the deal, they might as well just both had joints and, and they like liquor and they looked so fucked up and <laughs> I can't even put in the word. It looks so swarmy and arrogant the way that like if he had just been like I got off the if they were in the kitchen and he's like I just got off the phone the deal's done they hug and kiss we're and look at the camera and say hey we're staying in Seattle go Hawks but laying in bed like hey here I am like How he, like he did not sound like he was not press conference Russell Wilson he was I he was Antonio Brown yeah that's, <laughs> that's the what best he description with. yeah absolutely he was Mr. Big Chest. She had the big chest, I think, right? I don't know. I, I, I thought we weren't going to go That's the first time I've show. ever seen her. I heard her name for like a year. I've never seen a picture of her, and I've certainly never heard one of her songs. So I don't. I, it's like Drake. I just know him as a Toronto Raptors fan, but everybody tells me that he's a Raptor. Um, 
I, of course, am a Green Bay Packers fan. I've been dealing with this for a few years now. Aaron Rodgers makes 33 and a half a year. We gave him a $57.5 million bonus. And now we're seeing this kind of plague go throughout the entire NFL. The top six quarterbacks last year, top six paid quarterbacks, I should say, none of them even made the playoffs. This thing is it, the the rookie quarterback deal has become the new way to win. You get a, a quarterback on a rookie deal, and then you put talent around them. As soon as you pay these quarterbacks, the whole team falls apart. I'm happy you brought up the offensive line. That offensive line in Seattle is terrible. And when you're paying Russell Wilson this kind of money, congratulations, you're going to have a rookie center and a rookie left tackle every three years for the rest of your career. Well, don't forget, they only have four draft picks, which really, that gave steam to the entire trade thing. Because imagine if they could get, you know, a first and a second this year, a first next year, some hard draft compensation or something like that. They would have been, they would have been sitting pretty with like at least two more picks this year and then a one and whatever next year, but they're, yeah, they borrowed, they, they borrowed, what's the, what's the saying? They borrowed from Peter to pay Paul and they're, they're going to pay for it. And that's a whole thing there. They, they did that. And he still has one more contract potentially in his career. So I would have, you know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even franchise tag him. I would try to trade him and cause nobody else would have got it. And his whole thing too was it. It's funny because the hard line that he gave of April 15th at midnight was one thing, but the hard line behind that hard line was he wanted a percentage of the salary cap. So he actually backed off of what he he could have changed the face of the way quarterbacks and top tiered players were signed from now on. You could have just had percentage of the salary cap deals across the board for your top players. But you know what? That's going to, I mean, for the people like Aaron Rodgers that hate him anyway, because he said God helped the uh, Seahawks beat the Packers. I know you remember that when he said that oh, yes. and all these other things, God cares about football. You know, I, I, I'm a Christian. I have faith. I, if God is paying attention to football instead of starving children in third world countries, he's a, he's a real son of a bitch. So, <laughs> but this whole thing right here is not going to ingratiate Russell Wilson to the people in the players association or the players themselves, because he could have did what Kirk cousins did and had someone, he could even got fully guaranteed money. He could have did something with the Seahawks, but I think he got a little bit too greedy and his wife probably said, take the deal. It just baffles me that we're paying these quarterbacks this kind of money when the blueprint is there. You look at what Tom Brady is doing up in New England, taking pay cuts every year so they can put more talent around him. That's what's created the entire Patriots dynasty. You would think that maybe some teams would actually take a note from that. Yeah, and Pete Carroll is right up there with uh, Belichick, I think. Now, he's not quite at that level, but if he had the same formula and the same cachet, to, if if Carroll was the general manager as well as the coach, I believe that he would have that college-type atmosphere in there to be able to put the pieces together. But, nah, man, you should be happy. They're not, they're not going to sniff the playoffs anytime soon. And then there's also the other thing that's going to happen here. If you listen real closely... You can hear Dak Prescott throwing a party in Dallas after this deal got signed. What is this going to do to the market and the future of the league? Because, you know, I was thinking Dak's probably going to get, you know, 20, maybe 22. And now I'm thinking he's going to get like 28 to 30. Yeah, and he's not worth it. No, not at all. He's not worth it a bit. 
that's the problem. You're not paying the player, you're play, but you're paying the position. But yep. then you turn around. By the way, this is the whole thing that, that I really do hate about the rookie deals and the franchise tag, especially when you have a Le'Veon Bell and you're basically going to do – see, DeMarco Murray smartened everybody up because Dallas – and they're going to do it to Zeke too. They were giving him over 400 touches a year trying to wear the tread out and make him completely worthless, which they did by the time he went to Philadelphia and then Tennessee after that. He had nothing left. You want to talk about some cold-hearted shit. How, how is it – and this is what I don't understand. This is the one thing I'll defend Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and other players – why is it when the team does it, it's like wrestling. When the promoter releases you or cuts your pay, hey, it's only business. But when you say, hey, I'm going to go to AEW because they're going to pay me more. Now, all of a sudden, we're a family. Oh, my God, you're turning your back on the people. These these owners and this management, uh, these teams are so friggin' devious the way they do this shit. It, it is just brutal. Well, I mean, you can kind of look and see what Vince is doing I'll tell with you what, Seth there, it's it's very much the same thing. You What's know? he doing? He's making him. Oh, I thought he was just representing Black History Month. <laughs> He's their spokesperson, isn't he? Yeah, I think so, actually. But they they work this kid like it's nobody's business, and then he gets hurt. And thanks for coming, Seth. You know, the league just moves on. Well, I mean, wrestling's a little bit different. I would just say that you know you can't you can't go in and tell the coach i only want to carry the ball 25 times this game it's real it's that. the wrestling you can kind of still it's live what what's he going to do yep there is that it's a very good point let's uh let's get your nba playoff recap kind of going on here brooklyn and philadelphia series tied at 1 with philly coming back and just laying it into brooklyn 145-123 the clippers and warriors tied up at one stevie this is the one i wanted to talk to you about because much like the tiger woods thing we saw something go down in golden state last night boogie cousins goes down fearful that it's a quad injury that he has torn his quad this of course coming back after achilles surgery and being out for a year what this has got to screw athletes up in the mind where you finally come back after a full year of missing action to come back, you're playing on a one-year contract at below money for what you're actually worth because you're going out there to prove, hey, I can go again, and then you go out in the playoffs and you tear your quad. Now, is this the same leg that he hurt? Is it the yep. same side? Yep. Oh, my God, that's brutal. So there's there's just a freak thing going on, and I'm sure the question he's probably saying, you know, legs on a basketball player, I mean, you don't, yeah, you don't need those. I'm being sarcastic. But you got to think like that kind of injury and those kinds of things that happen, you got to be questioning how, how strong is my body breaking down? Is this happening? Am I starting to lose it? Am I, am I going to have to retire? Because that is, that is too back to back. The Achilles is, is brutal. A torn quad, maybe not quite as brutal as far as the recovery time after surgery and everything, but still, you're always questioning when you pivot, when you plant, when you do anything. Now I have the bottom and the top part of my lower body that's weak. Then I'm going to overcompensate to the other side. You know, I wouldn't be surprised he blows his other knee out. 
trying to protect that side. It's the same thing that we saw happen to Derek Rose a few years back. It's the same thing that I'm worried about with Flip Gordon down inside of Ring of Honor. I thought watching the ROH yeah. show from Supercard, something did not look the way that it normally looks with Flip's footwork. And the only thing I can think of is he's thinking about that knee. Everything he does, he's thinking about that knee. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, I can't say that I would do any different for a show, an opportunity like that, but I hope that opportunity and the sacrifice or whatever chance he took uh, will net him more money, better deal, whatever, because if he just did it for that show because he wanted to be on the show, he could have cost himself years on the back end of his career. Clippers come back from down. Your name Flip Gordon, by the way, your name Flip Gordon. Uh <laughs> You know, you're kind of like telling people, you know, you're kind of giving people expectations of what you need to do every match. He goes into the WWE. He'll be dot, 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 dive Gordon. He'll be the Gordon, the flip experience, the flip experience. Clippers come back from down 31. The biggest comeback in NBA playoff history. Will Lou Williams goes off for 36 from the bench. This thing was something to watch. I, I don't even know exactly what happened. I don't know if the Clippers just decided that they wanted to start playing or if Golden State was just so far ahead that they quit playing and then they got caught. Well, it's kind of what uh, that's what kind of what the coach said that we just stopped playing. We were they were playing not to lose instead of win the game. How does this this kind of team with this kind of offense, even without Kevin Durant, they they, they won one without him. How do they how do they not score points with Steph Curry on the court? Yeah. And it's one of those things we saw it with the Bulls back in the day too. When after the three peat, it was like they just kind of became accepting of everything. Were they playing bitch ball to any extent? Could you tell? I didn't watch the game, but I watched some of the highlights. You know what I mean by bitch ball? Like when the the they chew the clock, they try, they just try to hold on to the ball, but but you need to you're actually giving the defense a rest on the other side to be able to to continue with the game. Felt like they were being, trying to be the uh, Showtime Lakers to me. That's very much what it felt like. They they were just oh yeah, we're so far ahead. Let's just kind of throw the ball up and down the court. Tonight in the NBA, we have Orlando at Toronto, San Antonio at Denver, Oklahoma City at Portland. Those all game twos. Game two Wednesdays, Indiana at Boston, Detroit at Milwaukee, Utah at Houston. We also have NHL playoffs going on. Game four tonight as the Columbus Blue Jackets. I can't even believe I'm saying this. The Columbus Blue Jackets look to sweep the Tampa Bay Lightning out of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Stevie, I don't know if you're a big hockey fan, but Columbus was the worst team coming into this thing. Tampa Bay, statistically, one of the best regular seasons in history, and Columbus has them on the ropes. I, I still think it's funny that a, a team and people watch hockey in Florida. They have two teams in Florida where people go to the games. Like, why would you? It's warm and you're going into a place where you got to wear warm clothes because of the ice. Uh, Columbus, yeah. They, they they went into that. Well, Philadelphia was my team, but Pittsburgh just destroyed them. So kind of like lost interest in that. It The NHL, and tell me if I'm wrong and if it has recovered because I haven't watched it in years. The NHL still seems like it hasn't recovered, recovered since the, the lockout. It still seems like it's on the ropes. It kind of depends on the city. At this point, I feel like the NHL is very much like college football and it's kind of become regional. So you see a team like Nashville, the Nashville Predators, that stadium is absolutely insane on a Wednesday night in the middle of the season. 
Whereas you look at some of the more traditional teams like Pittsburgh, who the Islanders have on the ropes here, three games to nothing. If Pittsburgh's not good, people just don't go. You know, it, it's become a very culture, <coughs> excuse me, regional cultural kind of well, dynamic. That's, that's that's a Northeast thing. Because <laughs> of the team, yeah, except for Philadelphia, where people just want to be miserable sometimes and go and complain. That's why the sports talk stations are so popular. Can't wait. We Maybe we'll get on there one day. That'll be good. Speaking of miserable people, the St. Louis Blues up two games to one against the Winnipeg Jets. San Jose goes into Las Vegas down two games to one to take on the Golden Showers. I mean, the Golden Knights. Game fours on Wednesday, Boston at Toronto, Nashville at Dallas, Calgary at Colorado. Colorado up two games to one on the number one seed over there in the West and Washington at Carolina. I love the Stanley Cup playoffs, man. Even though my Blackhawks have been out of it for a very long time at this point, there's something about the NHL playoffs. It's just different than every every other game on the face of the planet. No, I agree. I think that the correlation of that is baseball. For some reason, it's so boring. But then when Fox gets a hold of it for the playoffs, there's a different – it's almost like they're shooting on film as compared to like iPhone during the season. And the, and the NHL playoffs are like that too. And I think I think the players on hockey and baseball, and I'm not saying they don't play hard, but I think they do pace themselves for a long season. And now they know they got to go balls to the wall and, and, and really try to win. Yep. Absolutely. That's the difference, I think. Yep. I, the quest for the cup is it's the great off playoff series in all of sports. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for watching and or listening. And if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Then find the entire HTM podcast network online at hittingthemarks.com. Also be sure to find myself and Stevie Richards in the locker room, not together, of course, at hackerhameen.podbean.com. You can find me across all social media platforms at not jargo. Stevie, Thank you very much for joining me today. How do the people find yourself and Stevie Richards Fitness online? Well, they can go to stevierichardsfitness.com. They can check out all the stuff we have up there. We've actually streamlined the main page of the site so you can choose your program and or choose the video. We have a new full workout video uh, that you can do three times a week, or you can choose the 12 or 16-week program if you want a little bit more variety in your workouts. Uh, Also, you can apply that full body workout and the shoulder mobility video to the 12 and 16 week resistance band training programs. If you have any questions about any of that stuff, feel free to email me, Stevie Richards Fitness at gmail.com. Also follow me on Instagram at Stevie Richards, at BWO Stevie on Twitter. And also please subscribe to my YouTube channel where I put up health, fitness, wellness, longevity, and even some podcasting tutorials and little tech stuff like that. Always enjoy the tech reviews over on your YouTube channel. RBV and I will be back this Friday with an all-new edition of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, hittingthemarks.com. For now, myself, the legend Big Stevie Cool, we're off like a prom dress. See ya!